Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Quicken Loan Studios. National Mortgage Lender Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send them hot. At Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. So much to get into tonight. But it's week 16. And on week 16, you start to really nail down who you think is real and who you think is fake. And then the hot takes get boiled over. Coming up in the final two hours of the show, I'm not necessarily knowing when I'm going to do it. It might be right at midnight. I got a hot take on John Elway because if you want a hot take for Christmas, I got a hot take for you for Christmas. John Elway's no better than a regular Broncos fan. That coming up maybe around midnight Eastern. 855-2124-CBS. Who's real? Who's fake? We start to boil it down about who's in the postseason, who's not in the postseason. These can be magical times. These can be horrific times. This makes or breaks a legacy with players and with coaches. And you start to really nail down who's real. We ask this question so many times. And what's made it difficult is with the new rules that have been put into the NFL, we don't necessarily know right off the bat. A lot of teams don't play their players as much as they used to in the preseason. A lot of guys are not necessarily in that that beaten up shape the way you got to be in the NFL, the way you got to be during the season hitting other guys. So it's a little bit more difficult. You tend to see sloppy football week one, and it used to be just week one. Now you start to see it week two, week three. We're starting to see more 0-3 teams, more 0-2 teams start to try to venture towards the playoffs. It's still a rarity. It's still a huge accomplishment, but you're starting to see more of those teams because they figure out exactly who they are. Houston, it took about a month to figure out who they were. Indianapolis, gosh, if Indianapolis had 18 games, my goodness, I think they could possibly get in. And even now with this game coming up on Sunday, it looks like the Colts could get in. Maybe they found themselves just a little bit too late, but it still leaves people in Indianapolis really hopeful for 2019 because Andrew Luck, for the most part, is back, has had to change the way he throws it, but for the most part is back. A couple of pieces that need to be added. You got to still go over and fix some of the problems that Ryan Grigson left even three years later. But there is some hope for the future of the football team, obviously, and big hope, meaning big-time playoff hope, that type of thing. And then there's teams that are maybe making their final runs. At least the teams as is. And you start to wonder who's real. Kansas City, there will always be this Paul cast over them. And this goes back to Schottenheimer, obviously to now with Andy Reid and now with Patrick Mahomes. It's just, when are you going to make that next step? We know you win a ton of games in the regular season. We know you can you can run up offenses. You can have tremendous defense at times where you look at some of the pass rushers they've had in their history, and even though their defense isn't wonderful this year, you still have D Ford. You still have a couple of guys who can get after the quarterback. But is the question really how many games you're going to win? Are you going to win a game in the postseason? Andy Reid had that follow him in Philly, out to Kansas City, and now it's become a big question because last week 
when they lost to the Chargers, so many people had that feeling, and I couldn't deny it. As much as you wanted to, you couldn't deny it. Man, this this feels like a a home postseason game for Kansas City. Just one of those nasty games that end up going not their way. Just the offense sputters a little bit. The defense can't get anything going together. They have a little bit of the back and forth. It's a bit of a tight game. You think that they're going to win it all of a sudden, and then it gets taken away from one of those type of games. And so for Kansas City, I would love to say, hey, Patrick Mahomes has got it. Left-handed, right-handed, blindfolded, it doesn't matter. You want to say that, but because of their history, you just can't say it just yet. I think out of the AFC, Houston might be the most complete team. The Chargers might be the second most complete team, even though they had an ugly loss last night to the Baltimore Ravens. And it brings me to the Ravens where I want to believe in them. I want to give the kid a chance. I just keep waiting for that other shoe to drop. The lack of yardage, the big playability's there. He can take off. He can throw it a little bit. He can find some open wide receivers, but he's winning football games. They're winning as a football team, and it might make them the most complete team or one of the most complete teams in getting ready for the playoffs. Even though they got a win to get in, it could make them one of the most complete teams out there if they figure out everything getting ready for Week 17 against the streaking Browns. But there's a few teams that I just look at and I question. I watched New England and Pittsburgh last week, and I think that was more for nostalgia. New England was able to get themselves a win just to give themselves some breathing room. They won the AFC East. They could have won that walking backwards. To win the AFC East anymore with the Bills, eh, with the Jets, eh, maybe someday with Sam Darnold and with the Dolphins that can't get out of their own way, which was a horrible loss for Adam Gase where you have, and I know Adam Gase doesn't have much of a quarterback, but when you lose to Cody Kessler and Blake, uh, Blaine Gabbert, or Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles, see, you can't even get the name right. When you lose to Cody Kessler and, and Blake Bortles, it's hard for me to make an argument for your job. So New England becomes New England again, at least we think for a moment, and then there's Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh doesn't find themselves in the postseason, I'll just leave it here. I know that you look in your own division and you saw the Browns for 20 years hiring, firing, drafting poorly, hiring, firing, drafting poorly, hiring, firing, drafting poorly. I know you saw them for 20 years in your own division. The Roonies have a memory miles and miles and miles long. They're one of the most most prolific families in sports history. And they give you a clear-cut warning of what your future could be. Because hiring, drafting poorly, firing, cutting bait too soon doesn't work in the NFL. But that key in the middle is drafting poorly. But when guys don't get it together and when you have a quarterback who frankly has made it about himself and not about the rest of the football team, where he can stand guard and say that he can call out his teammates while guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, yes, had a terrible fumble at the end of the game, but left it all out there in the field. When you say things like that, it brings into question your leadership. Because even a team as talented as the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they are talented, still need a pick-me-up, still need a guy who knows that he has their back when they're needed the most. New England, you got the job done. You were at home. On the road, the Saints, you got it in the final minute. You got a little bit of time. And for what you did, it was just so 2018 Pittsburgh Steelers. And for Mike Tomlin, and I'm sure 
some smartass out there, some guy who knows more about the statistics and more about the graphs and somebody can show me. Maybe you can. I'm not going to go nuts on math over here, okay? Somebody can try to show me why it made sense for whatever reason to go for it on fourth and five. You're giving me the best quarterback in the building, underlined, the best quarterback in the building, a shorter field with more time and a timeout. That's what you decided to do in your own territory? Up four. They got to score a touchdown. There's over four minutes left. I know you're trying to salt it away. Everybody knows why you were trying to do it. Fourth and five is when you call a fake punt with Roosevelt Knicks. That was your that was your grand plan? Listen, I understand that the Pittsburgh Steelers have learned a harsh lesson over the course of 40 and 50 years from the time that they started in 1933 to the time that Chuck Knoll walked on the scene in 1969. I understand that they weren't, they learned a very tough lesson throughout that time. I know that that lesson continued to be reiterated through the, le- through the early 2000s to 2018 with the Cleveland Browns in their own division, what was supposed to be their most hated rival. If you see a team like this that has bona fide Hall of Fame talent and Antonio Brown... Bonafide Hall of Fame talent. Well, you can't put Le'Veon Bell out there anymore, but that isn't going to be the missing link to anybody. You look at bonafide Pro Bowl, all pro talent across the offensive line and some spots of that defense, guys, that you've paid and a quarterback that, yes, no matter what Cam Jordan says, is a Hall of Famer. And you put that talent on that field and you don't win the division. I know you won't fire him, but heads should roll. That is a complete and utter, and let me borrow a phrase from the NCAA, that's a complete and utter lack of institutional control. You have that much talent on that football field, that much committed to that much talent on that football field, and you had the division in the palm of your hands to lose three games in a row, get some of that mojo back against the New England Patriots, and then fall like that to the New Orleans Saints where you're going for it on fourth and five when that's not Case Keenum over there, that's not Blake Bortles over there, or Blaine Gabbard over there, that's Drew freaking Breeze with a short field in time. And that's what you decided to do? Maybe it is right what people say about Bill Cowher's players being left over for Mike Tomlin. Maybe it is right that Mike Tomlin's voice has fallen silent. Maybe it is right that Mike Tomlin, even though he has won a Super Bowl, just isn't a big game coach. Maybe the pressure has gotten to him. Because we saw a guy whose thoughts were clouded earlier this afternoon. Fourth and five, you give one of the two most prolific passers in this generation time and a shorter field to score a touchdown on you with that offense, that's shameful. And if you miss the postseason because of that, if the Browns go over to go over to Baltimore and somehow lose that game, which they absolutely could, if they lose that game and you don't get into the postseason because of this type of mess, hey, I, I'm preaching to the choir to Steelers fans. Heads probably won't roll. Heads should roll. That division was gift-wrapped to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that would be the biggest sign. Obviously, just the not even a sign because it's hitting you right in the face. The cherry on top of the entire Sunday of what a train wreck the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2018 has been. And then you know what else? 
Le'Veon, who you left out in the cold, who you said that you didn't need, who you said that wasn't a part of your football team, and you were right about it, and you'd still be right to this day, and you'd still be right next week if you were bounced from the postseason. Le'Veon ends up being right. Needed me. I know you had James Conner. You had Jalen Samuels. Both have been pretty good. I know you've had a you've had a good running game either way without Le'Veon Bell. It doesn't matter. You didn't get to the postseason. And your big-time player sat and watched the entire time. That guy who you may hate, that guy who you may loathe for his decision to, to go with politics, to go with personal pride instead of taking his money, taking his umpteen millions dollars, his $14.5 million, playing and be a part of what could have been a very special football team, he ends up being vindicated. And you're left with your pants down in a division that you were supposed to run away with against the lowly Browns, the worthless Cincinnati Bengals, and a team like the Baltimore Ravens that up until about two months ago were backpedaling and we were talking about John Harbaugh losing his job. Is there any more clear-cut a case? Not only should Pittsburgh be playing for their playoff lives coming up next Sunday, they should be playing for Mike Tomlin's job. 855-2124-CBS. Tennessee, there's no Mariota. I don't know if I have any hope for you. I know that you might try to get him back. Who knows? Indianapolis, if they don't make it this year, I think that they're a very serious team for 2019. And I mean to make some sort of a run. Andrew Luck has done a fantastic job. He He's learned how to do it again. I just mentioned him before. It, it, it is truly remarkable where Andrew Luck has come from and just how talented he is and where there are some guys... There's guys like Carson Wentz. Don't take this the wrong way. There's guys like Carson Wentz who get banged up, who have serious injuries, and then it still continues to compound like we're seeing here. And hopefully that changes because I want to see talented football players out on the field. And then there's a guy like Andrew Luck who loses an entire season. There's questions about his future. And you still just can't keep talent, that special a talent down. That's Andrew Luck. That's what makes him still scary for the future of this league to other teams out there in the AFC trying to fight and to teams all over the NFC trying to fight as well because that's a team with Andrew Luck. If he's able to stay that way, that team could contend for a Super Bowl here within the next few years. 855-2124-CBS. To the NFC, I still love New Orleans. You know how much I love New Orleans. The Rams, there might be problems at the wrong time for people, but a team like the Arizona Cardinals always come along at the right times. I still don't know if I buy onto the belief of, well, you know, they don't have any depth. When I'm told the entire time through that you win in the NFL with stars, but I'm told that the Rams don't have any depth. You do need some depth. You do need guys to fill in. That's absolutely true. But you're going to use that as an excuse for them not getting over? I can't do it. What did I just yell about with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Chicago, some people say too soon. I still say complete. Dallas, I don't think you should apologize for a win. You got stoned out last week, and God, I love beating up on you. I don't think too highly of Dak Prescott compared to the other great quarterbacks in the league, the other big-name quarterbacks in the league. I do like Zeke Elliott and the way he plays. I think that the offensive line at times is very much overrated, and you know how I feel about Jason Jason Garrett with Jerry Jones and where I think that there are definitely times where you can see Jerry Jones stick his hand up the back of Jason Garrett and work him around like a ventriloquist dummy. There's times I think I see that. But I don't need you to apologize for a win. A win's a win is a win, and you beat Tampa Bay, and I'll still take you seriously in the postseason. 
a team that's learning to fight for each other yet again because it's been a year, and there's been infighting, and there was a time where you could just blame it on Jason Garrett and try to get ready for 2018. When a team like that can rip off five in a row where they had every single reason to quit, I'll give credit to Dak Prescott. I'll give credit to that football team for leadership, being able to pull that thing out of the fire. Seattle contends because of Russell Wilson. If he's on, he can still beat some football teams. Minnesota, and they need to retool. That's why I say still. Minnesota, maybe firing John Filippo was just what they needed. Philadelphia, it's, a, it's such an interesting question because I think Nick Foles wins every big game for them. But you know that Nick Foles isn't a bona fide franchise long-term quarterback. And with Washington, I don't want to hear any of this stuff about Jay Gruden. If Jay Gruden gets fired, that's Dan Snyder being Dan Snyder. That team's been snakebitten. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I just read them off. As we get ready for a week 17, already figuring out through week 16, who's real? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Lots of guests today. Bill Bender will be joining us here in just about 10 minutes. Also, Michael Lee, one of my favorite NBA guests. He'll be joining me from The Athletic coming up at 11 p.m. Eastern. Three up, three down. 1120 Howard Baltzer from the Sporting Exchange. He'll join us at 1135, 1140 p.m. Eastern. I, I have a couple of quick things to say because we're asking who's real week 16. There's a couple of things I, w- I got to get off my chest. First off, there is the story, and I think this was Lock and Fora who posted it, that says that, it, it, am I, tell me if I'm right or wrong, by the way, here. I want to know, Hickey, exactly who did it. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, Lock and Fora who posted the thing about Cincinnati where they'll just let they'll they'll just let Marvin Lewis decide when he wants to retire. I believe it was Adam Schefter. It's Adam Schefter who decided. Okay, I want to make sure one of the insiders I want to give proper credit to this. If this isn't just case in point with the Cincinnati Bengals, not even have become but just have always been at least since Paul Brown passed away. And where you have a football team, there are teams that they try too hard. And this is what I was talking about with with Pittsburgh is that you have guys who you've left in charge and you've put in charge and they've been good and they've been able to get some good players and they've been able to make things very interesting and be a competitive football team and give you something that you've loved for generations. The Steelers have been the pinnacle of organized athletics and professional organized athletics for the last three, 30, 40, 50 years almost now. If it goes back to 69, we're talking a long time here. And so when I look at the Steelers, that is, as much as I can, can't can stand it sometimes because of where I'm from, hey, that is the pinnacle of excellence. But I look at the other side with Cincinnati. When you have that type of team, there is such a thing as your voice goes silent. And when you have guys who know that they can mess around, if you have guys who know that they can do whatever they want, it's just like any other job. They'll take advantage of you. If you let them know that they can do whatever, in the terms of, hey, this is Marvin Lewis, this is the way it is, he's not going anywhere. He's been a head coach since I've been in high school. And when you look at some of the success, you can be a head coach this long in the NFL if you've had some previous success. You're one step away from Jeff Fisher, but even Jeff Fisher won some playoff games. So what you do is you just send a nasty message to your fan base, certainly, and you send a nasty message to your own team and to other NFL players, this is a place where I can go to get a paycheck. 
if they were willing to open the wallet, this is a place I can go to get a paycheck. Either way, it's legal tender. I can work here. And if we win, it really doesn't matter. If we lose, hey, that's just the way it is. You start to send that message. Because it's six and nine, I think that's what they are. It's not that terribly bad. But it certainly isn't where anywhere near where they're supposed to be. And you'll give me Andy Dalton as some excuse, and you'll give me A.J. Green as some excuse, as if it wasn't already trending in the wrong direction before, if it wasn't the year before that and the year before that. If people know that they can get away with something, they'll continue to do it, whether it be in the NFL, whether it be at the post office. It's the same thing that when I watch the Josh Gordon scenario play out and what goes on in New England Josh Gordon at a time was given every possible advantage that he could be given, and he messed up every single possible advantage he could be given. And then it became a time where I think at the beginning of his career in Cleveland, and you can disagree with me if this all you want, I don't think it yet was that strong of an addiction. I think this was an immature person who did not know how to act, did not know what to do with with a money-paying job that, that came legitimately, and obviously had the wrong type of people around him. Now, when I see the results that come back and some of the stories down, this one is from Adam Schefter, definitely, where the New England Patriots had 24-hour security detail around him and he still gave him the slip. That's not just recidivism. That's not just trying to find a way to ruin your own life. That's addiction. If you have a team, if you do anything at that high a level, you who I'm, not ta- who I'm talking to who is not addicted to drugs or addicted to substance, you would understand that if they keep 24-hour supervision on you, you are that important to it, and you go, man, I really ought to make sure that everything's on the straight and narrow. I really ought to make sure that everything's taken care of. When you're addicted to drugs, when you're addicted to substance, it takes over your entire body and your entire meaning. When I read that Josh Gordon got away from 24-hour security detail and found a way to go do drugs and to get messed up during his time with the new England Patriots. And some people, how could you throw it all away? He knew he was throwing it all away. That's what makes it even sadder. And it's not lost on the effect that we've seen Josh Gordon play. And that's why we think it's so sad because we want to root for people who can contribute to our happiness and in turn contribute to society as a professional athlete can be a part of the turnaround can be a part of the the good nature of what humans want to give where we love to give second chances. and can be a beautiful comeback story. But when I read this, this is a person who's too far gone. And when you hear about, well, he, he escaped the security detail, he had multiple violations, if this is a guy who starts to tell himself because the drugs, the substance are telling him that they'll welcome me back, they'll bend the rules like they did already, they'll let me get out of my contract like they did already, they'll let me miss football games and show up loaded and then they'll welcome me back like they did already, and the drugs start telling him that, there's no coming back from that. And so in two separate situations, even though they're totally different, it still ends up being connected. 855-2124-CBS. Bill Bender, Sporting News. He's going to be joining us next. We talk college football playoffs because we're about a week away. And then we get into a little bit of NFL. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. It's brought to you by Geico. That is CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. Hey, there's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. 
Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. December 29th. It's next Saturday. It's this coming Saturday, I should say. Four may enter. Two may leave to play for a national championship. It's all on the line. Alabama, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Clemson. I'm picking Notre Dame to at least cover. Do we have Bill yet? We are still calling Bill Bender. We are in a holding pattern, America. I thought it was going to be a great intro. Now I'm still waiting. We got Bill Bender. Hello, Bill. Hey, Ken. How you doing, man? Bill, what were you doing? Were you using the can? We couldn't call you 30 seconds earlier? What the hell? <laughs> no, you could have called me whenever. No, I was just... Damn it, just Hickey! <laughs> Bill, damn... fantasy matchup. Oh, God. I had such a good intro for you. I, it was Brett. It was it was almost Brett Musburger. You are looking live. That's how good it was. Bill Bender joining us. Sporting news at Bill Bender ninety two. Now it's ruined. And then I'm asking you about using the can. It's so unprofessional. <laughs> no, I did get back from Cleveland though. Obviously, I covered that game today. I know. Uh, you know, obviously another big performance by Baker Mayfield. I, I as I wrote for us at Sporting News, I think. It really is the start of big things. It, it does, in so many ways, has all season reminded me of Brett Favre's first year in Green Bay where it, it flipped the franchise. They didn't make the the playoffs when Brett Favre stepped in that first season, but you kind of sensed what was to come, and, and, I, and I feel the same way with Cleveland. Well, I'm going to get to the NFL here in a second. I got you for a little bit of time, so let's not let's not kill the lead here, okay? I got to bring up well, listen, listen to me to asking you that or saying that to you. All right, Notre Dame taking on Clemson, 4 p.m. They're at Jerry World. The spread is still double digits, I believe. I believe in, in a lot of books it's still double digits. I think Notre Dame can cover. I think this is a close game. Not that you necessarily care about the gambling, but Notre Dame has, well, it's Notre Dame. They only play 12 games. I, I, I still swear up and down, Bill. I want to see the real hardcore tough-ass competition that Clemson has played this year. I don't think that they have. I think that this is a better Notre Dame team, at least against Clemson, than what people want to give them credit for. God, I hope I'm right, and they don't make me look like an idiot. What say you? No, I think they'll cover, too. I think the number looks high. Uh, It's a different team than you saw Alabama just mop the floor with five years ago in the Orange Bowl. I think it's a different team than you saw Clemson beat on the last play a couple years ago down in Death Valley. I mean, Notre Dame's upgraded the talent. The thing I, that sticks with me looking at the splits is if Notre Dame keeps this thing close at halftime, and let's just assume it is, maybe a one-score game, and then the deeper it gets into that game, you've got freshman quarterback on one side that's been largely untested, like you said, um, 9-0 as a starter, but Alex, Clemson really hasn't been pushed in the fourth quarter much against Ian Book. And if you look at his second-half numbers, his fourth-quarter numbers, the ratings off the charts. He's been tested in, in four quarter games, and you know that was really the move of the season. Brian Brian Kelly going to him it changed the entire complexion of Notre Dame season. I think it's going to be close, but I still like Clemson in that football game. Yeah, I do too, and I like all the reasoning you gave for it. Let's move on. Alabama, Oklahoma. Alabama goes in as a favorite over everybody. Can Oklahoma hang with their stuff with Kyler Murray? And now there is. A little bit of a grease palm there with Tua Tagovailoa, who are some people thought that he had. I don't, but some people thought that he had that Heisman stolen from him. Well, I, you know, that was a tough call. Uh, you know, they, they were both deserving, and I think that adds to the hype of the game. Obviously, 
if I'm right, and I hope I am, the first half of that game is going to be off the chain. I think both teams are going to score a bunch of points in the first half. It's going to be like when, when the dust settles. It'll be kind of like the Rose Bowl last year with Oklahoma and Georgia where it was just points all over the place. Um, but I think in the second half that Alabama running game will weigh on Oklahoma because, yeah, Kyler Murray can make some plays against a very good Alabama defense. I, I can't think of a excuse for how Oklahoma's going to stop Alabama's offense other than maybe Tua gets dinged up again because I, I don't think he's going to be 100% for that game. No, I don't think so either. And do you think, well, when you're looking at Alabama, do you think Jalen Hurts comes in a little bit sooner like you're kind of alluding to there? Well, we'll see. And I think if they can mix him in, great. If not, if two is healthy and they keep him upright, he should be fine. I mean, you're throwing to an insanely talented group of receivers with Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's one of the fastest human beings on a football field I've ever seen. And I was mm-hmm. dropping a, I dropped a reference to the, a buddy this week, and I was talking about Roscoe Parrish. I don't know if you remember him, the Miami. Do guy. I remember <laughs> Roscoe Parrish? Dustin Fox stripped Roscoe Parrish of a complete first down in that national championship game. The, you bet your ass, I remember Roscoe <laughs> Parrish. Yeah, and I and I bet Dustin will tell you he was one of the fastest guys he's ever seen on a football field too. And that's who Waddle reminds me of when he's in space. Um, he's so fast, and uh, that's the thing. And I think I just can't come up with enough excuses for why Oklahoma will get enough stops to win that game. But again, I, I think the first half of that game is going to live up to the billing. I got in a huge fight with my co-host off air. We didn't get to do it on air uh, about Justin Fields. Uh, out of Georgia, where he's trying to transfer. He might go to Oklahoma. He might go to Ohio State. And he's gotten a lawyer involved because we know what happened with the, uh, I think it was a baseball player with Georgia, who said some very ugly things to him. And it could give enough of a hardship. It seems that Georgia just wants it to all go away. They don't want any of the bad publicity. They might just let him go. I don't think that a football player, especially with fewer and fewer years to play, I don't think that a football player should have to sit out a year to transfer, at least maybe not sit out a year to transfer out of conference. I think it's a silly rule. I think that we have coaches who can go anywhere they want. They make big time money. I think that we can usually leave jobs anytime we want, even with contracts to break those contracts. Uh, I want to hear a good reasoning out of you and it probably would trump me and I didn't even think about it, but still, of a good re- a good reason why to keep that one year rule in with the NCAA. Uh, you know, I'm not opposed to what you say because more and more guys are doing it anyway. I think it's so visible at the quarterback position that um, you know, the one thing that would keep me away from it at least, yeah, you can still do it, but there has to be heavy penalties if there's found to be tampering. I, I just don't like the idea of a a team going six and four and then. You know, Nick Saban's magically on the corner. And I'm not, you know, I'm not insinuating that Alabama cheats. I'm just using him as an example. Of, no, I'm going to say uh, that you're cheating. Reckless yeah, speculation. We are, we, you and I have come to the conclusion that Alabama is cheating. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm joking. But uh, no, you know what I'm getting at, though, that, that there would be tampering and some of this going on where, you know, a coach contacts a player that's not getting playing time. I think Justin Fields is an exceptional case because. He's a really good player, and obviously Ohio State fans are interested because here we go again where going into the spring, new coach, um, I think Dwayne Haskins will end up going pro. I think he's going to play well in the Rose Bowl and end up going pro. I have nothing to, like, say this is what he's doing, but that's kind of what's out there. 
Um, I have no idea who's going to be taking the snaps for them in the opener in 2019. Well, if it's Justin, I kind of want, I kind of want Dwayne Haskins to sit out so I can see Tate Martell, just so I can make an argument against that. Even though if Justin Field comes in, he would be the number one in that situation. He might still do it at Oklahoma too. I think the world's his oyster. I, I just feel that if we're going to let everything be the same, and I'm not one of the guys who are yelling about paying the players. I know there's a downfall to that because you have to start ripping out programs in some of these places to do so. But I also think that if you want to transfer, maybe if it was in conference, maybe we could talk about that. But if it were, if it's out of conference, I don't think there should be a restriction. You don't have much time. A, guy, a coach can leave. It can it, uh, Someone can pay his buyout. He can leave anytime. I just don't think it's necessarily right. Bill Bender joining us on the show. So you were in Cleveland for Cleveland and Cincinnati. Yeah, it How, was fun. I you know uh, I had it's been a while since I've been to a Cincinnati Cleveland game. The last one I went to was a Thursday night special with Johnny Manziel down in Cincinnati. And oh, wonderful! I, yeah, this was much different. I, I just again, and I can't emphasize this enough. It's, it's what Baker Mayfield's done for this franchise. Um, they're going to be that it team in the off season. So you, I think you, you know, this and probably have talked about this, but you know, they'll, they'll have to play with expectations next year because the expectation will be playoffs. If you look at the division around them, the Steelers, man, they, they've had drama all year. The Ravens looked like they were going to be in transition, but it looks like the transition is actually going to be to Lamar Jackson. And the Bengals are just a flat-out mess. Um, even with Andy Dalton, they'd be a mess right now. And I don't know, you know, the the instinct is you want to have a change, but I think they were a year too late. I was telling buddies last year they should have went after Frank Reich. Um, and I still think Marvin Lewis will be their coach next year. Well, I think he's only their coach because Mike Brown seems hapless. Doesn't well, I he? Don't, yeah, well, you know, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm taking no, too many shots. I, I think he is an old school guy and, you know, they're going to stick with what they have. And um, you saw the reports today from Schefter about Vance Joseph possibly being a defensive coordinator. They do have some nice pieces, Tyler Boyd, AJ green, Joe Mixon can play. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. another thing I took away from today. That that guy, when he gets in the open field, it's something else, but that the story today again was Cleveland. And I'm going to go back to that Packers analogy for you one more time, because when Brett came to Green Bay. Like, if you put Baker in the Brett role, John Dorsey's obviously got the Green Bay ties. And, you know, Miles Garrett's kind of a Reggie White type to build that defense around. He's not Reggie White. I don't think there's there's ever going to be another Reggie White. But the defense plays with so much confidence that they're going to barrel into 219 with um, a lot of confidence and, and another draft and another free agency class. Ken, Cleveland's going to be a destination where guys want to play with Baker Mayfield. Oh come on now! You're you're sending me. I can say this now. You're sending me six to midnight over here. You know, I I, I swear to God, uh, you want me to tell you something real quick because we only have a couple minutes. Sure. Uh, I was tooling around Twitter earlier tonight, and I stopped on a Kyle Shanahan press conference, and I got this horrible feeling in my stomach because they were the it team last year, going into this year. They were going to make the playoffs. They were going to make a run. Shanahan was great. Jimmy Garoppolo was the second coming. The Patriots were stupid for letting him go. He got hurt, and now this season's all been a wash. And I know they can get that feeling again next year, but you hate to waste a season, Bill. You really do. Well, and I think that's why the coaching decision's important, because I guess you can make a case for Greg Williams. Would you bring him back? You could, 
Uh, that's a tough one. I, I think they've rallied around him very well. I think Freddie Kitchens has done an outstanding job. Um, the the you know the the reward would be this team looks really tight and maybe they can carry that over. The risk is if they roll a couple seven and nines over the next couple years, um, people will wonder what happened to those two years of Baker Mayfield's development. So I see both sides of it. I mean, it's a tough choice for John Dorsey, but the way this team's played on the back half of this year, it's a little bit different than the Niners this year. And I'll say it from this standpoint that, you know, Shanahan was a new coach and all that kind of stuff. And, and Garoppolo came mid season. Um, the Browns, if they were in the playoffs, if they were that one game difference, you know, mm-hmm. they'd be that danger team. I wouldn't want to play this year in the AFC playoffs the way they're playing right now. Oh, that's a good feeling. Bill Bender joining us on the show. My co-host asked me this earlier last week. I said he was nuts. And then Denzel Ward had a concussion in that game earlier today. Would you not play or think about not playing Baker Mayfield in week 17? No, I think you got to play him just to, to because the AFC North has these very juicy storylines going into week 17 with the Steelers having to win and then having to root for the Browns. Imagine that they have to sit in those sports bars in Pittsburgh and root for Cleveland on on Sunday afternoon. That's something else, but I think it preserves the integrity of that race. Um, And you kind of saw that today. I mean, Green Bay could have sat Aaron Rodgers. He played, played well, and there's other teams that could sit guys. And I know guys can get hurt. I get it. And I know what happened to Denzel today. That was the biggest kind of downer from the Browns today, but uh, you, you got to play the guys. I, I They get paid to play, go out there and play. All right. I just wanted to make sure, Bill, I agree, but I wanted to make sure. I thank you very much for the time. You know we love you. <laughs> no problem. Love you guys, too. Thank you so much, uh, Ken. Merry Christmas to all of you there, and uh, let's talk again soon. Same to you, and Happy New Year, Bill. Bill Bender joining us, Sporting News. Find him on Twitter, at BillBender92. I, I didn't mean to troll it. I didn't mean to go down that road. Some people are going to get hot with me. It is a question. Because if you do lose a guy in week 17 and it carries over to next year, what did you lose him for? I still think you're pros. That's your job. If you're healthy, you go out there and you play. It is an entertainment business. People want to see you. If you're healthy enough to do it, unless there's a serious issue that you've been playing through, I say you play through it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. up, three down in just over 20 minutes. Coming up next, if Anthony Davis is serious about legacy, he'll stay the hell away from L.A. I'll ask Michael Lee about that. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.